We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is... <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, I can't even do you that. real thing. serious with that <laughs> intro. 2021 coming with that new energy. We got, we got opinions, man. <laughs> you better listen. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is January 18th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Steve. Yo. How you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I'm bad. So, if you encounter anything new or interesting before we get into the heavy shit. Yeah, we'll talk about the commonality. Um, actually, one of the new and interesting is not so new, but definitely interesting. Uh, a band I stumbled upon due to the lovely people of Instagram that love to post their likings and when you find the mutual bond of following the right pages that suit, you know, your desire to expand in genre as well as people that understand your genre. Yeah. Um, the band was called Trouble. The ironic thing about this band, when I happened to look out, you know, into them, first they started off as a Christian metal band. Lo and behold, later on, they signed with Def Jam, Rick Rubin produced two of their albums, and they're actually considered pioneers of the doom metal, psychedelic metal genre alongside bands like Candlemass and Cathedral. I mean, most notably news like newer bands like Electric Wizard and Red Fang and Earthless. And so I listened to this album because there's this vinyl page that I follow that basically it's just a guy that shows a setup and posts an album basically every day of what he's listening to. 80% of them I've listened to, or it's a band that I know of and just never listened to that particular album. So usually when something pops up that I've never heard before by a band or just an album that I've never heard, I'm more than likely going to check it out because that's a good way to find it. Yeah, he's a reputable source. Yeah. So when I found out later that Rick Rubin uh, produced the one album this individual posted as well as the album that came out prior to this one that I listened to, I obviously listened, and then I showed you as well, because when I start listening, I'm like, yo, Bill's got to fucking check this out, because I yep. know you'd probably enjoy it. The album was called Manic Frustration, um, came out in 92. The self-title that came out before that was um, came out in 89. And it's funny, because when you listen to this band, it's... Like, to think of what was happening in 92, especially with Manic Frustration, like the culture yeah. and where the scene was at... I mean, this music was like the perfect blend into like being suitable for an alternative culture, but also still holding on to like a metal root. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like the music itself, it's funny because to me, it sounds a lot like Pantera, like the actual music itself. Like the guitars sound like Dime. Yeah. Like, it sounds that, like Dime that is production, playing this. Yep. But the vocalist, dude, I like... I like 
like teeter tottered in between two people. Like one was the dude from the Toadies, and the other one was the dude from or it was Andrew Wood. Well, it was funny because the one song in particular, Rain. When I said that, it that could have been that could have been a Pink Floyd song. Yeah, Rain's actually my favorite. Off yeah, that and album. then you listen to the Sleeper, and that could have been a Mother Love Bone, Pantera, yeah. Alice in Chains, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. Like, like the guitar just, tone, dude. It's sounded great. Like Dimebag it's Darryl. great. It's fucking ridiculous. I just think the biggest thing that makes this interesting is that the radio sucks. Put mm-hmm. it this way. Um, because I, I think it's a dying breed. I think it's as bad as like the way that cable companies are headed and what they charge. I mean, granted the radio's free. We understand that. However, in developing an ear and developing taste and developing like the broader horizon to get into new music, you pigeonhole yourself based on the stations you listen to. Cause when I used to get into the car before it sucked, it was 93, three, four, five, you know, 1029 was the generic, like there's nothing to listen to. So there'll be <laughs> something at least on 1029 as long as it's not the Beatles or Journey. Yep. Uh, Yellow Submarine. Um, <laughs> but again, like just social media kind of has its pros and cons. And one of the pros oh, yeah. was when I de- like deactivated my Facebook, went on Instagram, had that fresh start, was able to kind of control the feed that I had and kind of get myself away from having to purge my Facebook and like rediscover like what I wanted to see. Yeah. And having that new thing, like now it's just, you know, golf shit pops up or music pops up or sports pops up. And like, it's great because the same way I listen to podcasts, the same way I watch TV shows now every day, like there's an opportunity where some of these individuals that I follow or tags that I follow may post a new album. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be fucking forced down my throat, like hearing fucking ghost 85 times on the radio <laughs> to a point of like, all right, I probably don't like you anymore now. Cause it's like totally blown through my earwaves. Well, I can tell you from someone that's still on Facebook, you're not missing much. Yeah. I, uh, um, you're really not missing anything. Not to get into politics, but what's happened, you know, obviously not too long ago, but yeah, I had to witness just the downtrodden population. That is my parents just couldn't, couldn't get off their phones. It was just because arguing with strangers and just the whole, and again, I don't like to get into politics on here, but yeah, getting off Facebook has, I thought it was going to just be a few months, but now that I've been off of it for so long, I have like absolutely no reason. You don't think you're going to come back? No, because Instagram kind of keeps me in touch with meme culture. I have a fresh start on there. And plus, like I said, just, I don't have to deal with the opinions, like the Facebook yeah, the MGs trolls. that are on there, you know, that everybody yep. has the, you know, be all end all, you know, opinion on something. And if you disagree, yep. it's just, it's like the rabbit hole of YouTube videos. You get into the rabbit hole of watching people's <laughs> fucking drama unfold on Facebook. And I'm yeah. up at 3am watching arguments of strangers unfold in the comment section. And I'm like, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> I got shit to do tomorrow. I'm listening to these like, two strangers arguing. Honestly, with Facebook, I don't really use it for much anymore. I mean, besides like, posting like our shit and yeah like watching the occasional video or looking up the occasional meme i spend most of my time on like marketplace like looking for deals yeah and i send you deal i send you like amps and shit that's, all the time yeah, like, that's, that's the, what i do that's probably because towards the end of my time on facebook i was looking for a car and that's where it started and 
obviously, aside from the car, looked for other things, including, you know, music, merchandise. And I think yep. that's probably the one thing I regret most about getting off of it was just that availability that oh, it yeah. was almost like a better eBay at times. Well, it's a better Craigslist. Yeah. And mostly the shit that's on Craigslist is already on Facebook Marketplace already. Exactly. So, I mean, you're either going to have like offer up or fucking um, what's the other one? Uh Fuck, what's the other one called? There's offer up. There's uh StockX? No. What are you talking about? Like a like a Craigslist type deal. Oh. That there's a there's another big one. Let go. Let go. Yeah. Yes. So you gotta like let go or offer up or Craigslist or Marketplace. Marketplace is the best out of all of them. Yeah. Like honestly, I, I could do without everything else on Facebook except for I think it's also too from this, you know where we're at in our lives, Facebook was a huge way to kind of just like present yourself. You know, it was like dating apps without the dating apps. You kind of like put yourself out there in a certain way and kind of had people come to you. It was a new way to develop relationships. However, I'm still partial to the old MySpace way. I liked having the fucking songs on my home. Oh yeah. I love that. That was a, yeah. Like that was cool. Aim buddy profile was the true originator in that, and being able to learn your uh, generic way of coding and copying paste. Yeah, right. You know, the Google, <laughs> the, the Google copy and paste coding. Like the best is like when like the shit autoplay whenever anybody went on your page. Yeah, and like you would always put like a band that you were in. Yeah, you always put that like as like the first song, so yeah, like people are forced to listen to your band every of time course. they go on your MySpace page. Of course. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've, well, me and you have done we that. We have definitely done that. <laughs> the coolest thing was, is that it was like a particular time when my music uh, genre taste started to become a little more darker. So on yeah. purpose, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to have Yeah by Usher on here anymore. <laughs> I'm going to put Hammer Smash Face on here anymore because people will ask me, what is this? And I'll be like, it's the song from Ace Ventura, duh. <laughs> you know, like trying to seem totally cool. Like it's funny, actually. Yeah. Watch, I'm going to go right here. Um... Speaking of that, fuck you, Tom, for deleting all of our shit. A lot of my pictures were gone. Dude, all our music. They were interesting. Anything since the last time we met? Well, actually, it happened the day, well, last Monday. Hold on. Two Monday, three Mondays ago. Mm -hmm. If you count this one, the one prior, that Monday before then, world-renowned guitar player... Uh, you know, virtuoso Alexa DeHeo from Children of Bodom died. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've recorded these episodes in advance, and we weren't able to have it on there because it didn't happen yet. As yeah. far as we knew, we were going to hear Bodom after midnight and be totally fine. Yeah. Now, since he died, you know, all the videos start surfacing on YouTube. You know, the, the fucking algorithm happens. Of course. And it's like, oh, well, Bill liked this picture, so let's start flooding his YouTube feed. So the YouTube feed got flooded. Uh, Loudwire did like, like the 10 greatest Alexa, the moments or whatever. And from there I fell down the YouTube rabbit hole. Like I normally do. Like people usually like, dive into other things. I just dive directly into YouTube, like head first. And I came across children of Bodom making of hexed the last album that they did. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And like it was a doc, it was a pseudo documentary. It was only like 20 minutes long, but like, you can, like, see how the band really was, like, kind of, like, done. 
Yeah. Like, it was, like, finished. Like, there was no, like, original members anymore, and, like, it was just, like, they were just Alexi like kind of showed a tired up. Effort of, yeah, it was yeah. just, like, like, they even said it. They're like, yeah, he writes everything, and we just come in and play it. And it's like, all right. Then, um, I wound up watching a live set from Bodom After Midnight. They played on October 25th of 2020. And, like, from the video, it didn't look like there was anything crazy, like, like wrong with him. I mean, I... Obviously, the only thing we know now is long-term health issues. Yeah. I mean, One of the most recent pictures <laughs> I saw of him, he did look a little, like, weathered. Yeah. I, I guess is the word to put it. Like, um, honestly, what he looked like was, like, a chemo patient. I was just going to say that, yeah. That's what he looked like. Yeah, very skinny, that, like, yeah, gaunty look to him. Yeah. Like, eyes sunken in. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I don't think it was drug-related at all. Because I don't think he was, like, into that kind of shit. Yeah. I, I know he was, like, a big fucking drinker, but I don't I don't think he was dabbling in anything like that. Either way with him, um, because we talk about this all the time in terms of guitar heroes mm-hmm. and understanding, especially in the genre that he was in, it's very rare that you can set yourself apart from the rest of the pack in yes. terms of a melodic death metal, mm-hmm. gothic metal sense where... Your guitar ability is only as good usually as the band. It's very hard to kind of yes. have a band called Children of Bodo, not Alexian crew or something, and yeah. it be something where I knew growing up, he was always one of those guys. First of all, because of the V he played, yeah. I loved that fucking guitar, and just his music alone was tasteful enough to get me into the genre of melodic death metal which i put on a pedestal as one of my favorite subgenres in terms of like at the gates dark tranquility yeah um but hate breeder um something wild and follow the reaper, follow the reaper yeah i think it was with the hate crew death toll it was where things started to kind of take the turn for me and where they started to get a little more i guess generic in terms commercialized yeah hate yeah. but hate breeder and especially i want to say follow the reaper i would say because i remember i remember hearing bodum after midnight for the first time and mm. i was like follow the reaper was the album yeah. that i first heard from them yeah deadfall was such a great opening track well that was the breeder. first album i heard what got me into children of bodum was actually when they when blood drunk came out like that shit was all over mtv and headbangers ball that just shows you how old it is yeah but I remember hearing Blood Drunk for the first time. Like, who the fuck is this band? Like, this is crazy. And then yeah. I went in, just downloaded everything I could find. I mean, purchased all of it legally. And uh, I fell in love with them, dude. Like, it was like how, like, it is, like, when you hear death. What'd you get it from the... Uh... Lemon, lemon cord? The lemon cord. Yeah. Lemon cord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was going to say, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, the, uh, who'll be the opposite of like a pirate? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Coast Guard? The Coast Guard's River. <laughs> Coast Guard's River. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out of the Coast, Coast Guard's, Guard's River. Yeah, Coast Guard's Beach. Coast or Guard's the, Beach. <laughs> uh, the, the <laughs> no, I was actually too scared to use sites like that. Really? Yeah. Because I didn't have my own computer. It was the family's computer. Oh, oh, you know what's crazy about that? I never even really thought because I was always that person who lived my life like until it happens. It's probably not (laughs) fucking true. So I think, yeah, now in hindsight, my 
my parents' computer before the one that they had. I mean, they lasted like seven <laughs> years with this thing on life support and couldn't figure out for the life of them what the fuck happened to it. Yeah, that like pretty much once I heard what viruses were. Yeah, I was like, I can't do this kind of stuff. Anymore. I was just an asshole to my parents. I went balls deep with the Coast Guard beach. Well, my dad would have fucking hit me over the head with the computer yeah. if he would have found out. Yeah. Luckily, my sister was doing the same shit. That's what I'm saying. I had two sisters, so that was always my scapegoat. <laughs> I was always good with the lawyer talk and be like, well, I saw Sam on that earlier, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I myself happen to be out on a nice stroll that evening. There's yeah. no way I could have downloaded a virus to your Dell computer. But, yeah, I mean, so I guess we're talking what? Like 2007 or 8? Yeah. Somewhere around there is when I got into them. And, you know, like, I'm all about, like, fucking, like, not, I don't want to say, like, flashy guitar players, because that's not necessarily the right word, but, like, virtuosos and, like, people that are just, like, good at their instrument, and Alexi was one of them. He was very good. And that's another thing, because I kind of put children in the same realm, almost, as Dimu, just for the amount of effects that they use throughout their tunes. I wouldn't consider them as traditional as the early stuff that Inflames was doing, yeah, or what Darchwan Quality was doing, or At The Gates. But that was the thing. His guitar work, always, to me, early on, like I said, was that absolute stepping stone to develop interest in that music, because oh, yeah. I was into that. I was into the Ingves and the Van Halens, and the dimes and all the people out there who could separate themselves as an individual. And obviously, as you get older, you learn some of your heroes weren't as fucking great as they were. Like, Ingve is an absolute prick. And, you yep. know, I don't follow Alexi to the point that maybe he could have some skeletons in his closet to where he was an asshole. But to me, it didn't matter at that point because, again, I was just more in for it for the music, as always. Every interview I've ever seen, yeah, he seemed like a very nice That's guy. what I'm saying. I never ever had an issue in understanding where someone would bring something up about him. He never made exactly to a point, but he always, you mentioned anytime you're talking to someone that listens to extreme metal children of Bodom is another one of those bands that yep. kind of, yeah, I know them. And he was boys with Zach wild. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, Zach wild isn't really friends with assholes. It's true. Very true. And plus if you're in his inner friends group of berserker, if you will, mm. then you got to be okay in my book. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's usually what it takes. That gets Bill's uh, stamp of approval. How do you feel about Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> from 1988 to 1997? <laughs> 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 what a brief return in 2008. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but, um, yeah, man, obviously very, very sad news to hear that. Um, like, who's next? Yeah, it's... It's, it's a constant reminder when we talk about this all the time, if you have the opportunity to go see the bands that you love, that yep. they're still touring. You know, I missed that opportunity. Yeah. I never got to see Children of Bone. That's what I'm saying. I um, definitely am at that point in my life where it kind of sucks just due to the intermediate concerns of why we're not able to do the things that we want to do in terms of going to see shows. Mm-hmm. But especially I go back with Ozzy and now we talk about a band like Children of Bodom, there are just so many artists that we don't realize sometimes how old they are and also with the way happened with Alexi where, and even like Riley Gale now we talk about where sudden effects could happen even to the ones that aren't at the age and we just kind of expect them to be around and it isn't until they're gone. It's like, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. See, there it is. Pretty much. That's how it feels because again, I've never seen Ozzy and I always thought about that where 
you know, I guess I did put it kind of like in a take for granted situation where well, Ozzy tours all the time. You I'll know, see him again. I'll see him next year, and then next year would come and be like, well, I mean, probably be next year. And yep. now we see where things are going. I mean, it's like Megadeth is another one. I was so stoked for that show last year, especially everything that came out about Dave Mustaine. I was like, mm-hmm. this is perfect because now I'll have the opportunity to see them. They're still touring. He's getting better. But I don't want to be in that position where that's another band that just came yeah. and went and I never had an opportunity. I mean, I'm trying to think of any bands that I haven't seen yet that I really need to or, you know, would have some sort of regret if I didn't. Children of Bone, I think. Have like, you seen Metallica? I never want to see Metallica live. You never want to? Nope. Okay. The, my reason being, I think I may have said this before, but I feel like after the Black Album tour... What if they came out and said, we're doing a Seattle 89 reenactment of just the set list we played at Seattle 89? I wouldn't be able to do it because James isn't able to sing the way that he could. So and it's actually a killing point. Where, yeah, it's actually a killing point where because of the quality that you're going yeah, to... Metallica, you know yeah, Metallica coming to a show or Metallica playing a show is like the equivalent to like XTU anymore. Yeah, it where is. like people show up because it's Metallica, big extravagant event. Like, oh my god, Metallica! And it doesn't matter what they do, what Metallica does on stage, they just you're go like, up this there with the like arm greatest farts. show ever. Yeah, and coming from you know like where we do, like being mega fans of this band, you know whether we fucking hate them or love them, like they are like one of the biggest bands ever, and they very near and dear to my heart, but. I can't fucking see them live because I don't want to tarnish what I the respect yeah, that I have for them. I never even thought about that when we talk about seeing a live band, how it could kind of change your mm-hmm. perception. It's very rare that I have an outcome where I leave the show and I think about them in a more negative way. But you're, I can see that. That's like I've seen live like, videos. I was gonna say I have too. It's almost any huge Motley Crue fan out there, you know they're not giving you the respect when they put on a live show. I've seen Motley they're Crue live too. Basically taking You're not seeing much. <laughs> yeah. uh, just You'll the watch. videos I've saw. <laughs> Basically, it's perfect that we have the technology we have because it's kind of like when you go on Amazon and you see the reviews and you can kind of re- you know read ahead if I don't want to buy this product. All yep. I have to do is go and see the most recent video of exactly. a band that, you know, and a, a real video. Not the, not the one that they recorded for DVD purposes because they know... Yeah. That this is the one show we're going to do everything we possibly can they to not sound like dog shit. Three shows. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Wait a minute. He was supposed to do a really high pitch part there to just cut right to a solo. Yeah. You know, and then you get to see the real version of it. You're like, oh, Vince Neil can't sing for shit anymore. Yeah. That's why it's like that. And like, honestly, like probably like one of the biggest um, like instances of this, at least for me, is when I saw Van Halen in 2015. Like I yeah. knew that David Lee Roth was going to suck. I knew it. So I went into that show knowing it. So yeah. I wasn't disappointed. It's the same thing with me and Bob Dylan. I bring that up all the time. Yeah, like you that knew. was the most garbage show I've ever been to. But, <laughs> but I you saw prepared Bob Dylan. for it. Oh yeah, I went in full and well. Like how? That's the thing. I undersold it so bad, thinking it was going to be way, way worse than it was. And the instrumentals, <laughs> luckily, he had this like thirty-piece band on there, so yeah. like they drowned his ass out vocally. <laughs> You would just hear his voice where he got too close to the mic, and they're like, Bobby, you got to step back. Well, he's just starting to carry over the instruments here. Actually, you know what What one band I kind of regret not being able to see? Audio Slave. Oh, yeah. Well, Audio Slave and, um, uh, well, the fact that we'll never be able to see them again is Audio Slave. But Rage Against the Machine will probably be one of those other bands that I would be upset if I never saw And that's it. another thing about them, because Rage's biggest thing on live's shows was the energy that they brought yep 
the benefit is I think I saw a video from 2015 whenever they did like the last big reunion for that uh, festival. They showed a live performance about them and they still fucking like they put on a show. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Fucking Tom Morello is still able to bring it. All those yeah. dudes are able to bring it. I think one big one for me is uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, especially that John Frusciante is joining the band again. But oh, I would yeah. love an opportunity just to see that original lineup. I've never been super big into Red well, Hot Chili Peppers. Semi-original. Yeah, see, I wasn't either for a very long time until I treated them as an album band and really listened to them outside of you know their the typical hits. greatest hits. Yeah, and there's just that on top of watching them live. It's just, I mean, there's just something about it. It is a really touch Whoa. and go basis of if you like them, you like them. If you don't, you just don't. Like my thing with them, dude, is individually, I like the members. Like, yeah. I'll watch, like, videos of John Frusciante playing guitar. I'll watch videos of Chad Smith playing drums. I'll watch videos of yes, I'm playing saying, bass. Yes, all... But, like, together, I just, I don't know. I just can't do it. It's a very weird... It's almost like Faith No More at times. Yeah. Like, a lot of people won't like Faith No More because they go off the beating path, but then they'll have those couple of songs that are just mm-hmm. that generic fit of, like, okay, this makes sense. And that's how I am with Faith No More a lot, too. The We'll get into that later in our, our topic because yeah. we're in a rabbit hole rant here. Maybe another dream sequence. <laughs> but either way. Um, team no, yeah, that's time. totally, that's the thing, though. The biggest thing is just understanding that these people will not be here for long. Yep. Especially of our generation. You know, you figure some of the music we got into, these people are already in their 40s by the time oh, they yeah. were like coming of age to even listen to their like hits from the 80s and the 70s and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just wondering who, ne- who they're going to take for me next. They already took Eddie. They took Alexi. Who are they going to take next? Zach Wild? Why would you speak that even to existence? Who are they going to take Jerry Cantrell next? Guess what? If Zach Wild winds up dead next week, they're coming here. I'm not going to lie, though. I think I think we did call Eddie Van Halen's death like a month before it happened. We basically did. Yeah, I'm, you, I, you, I pretty much said like he was going to die soon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I got the power. Probably shouldn't talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Michael's yeah, watch not this, here. Like, fucking windows are gonna. You know, it'd be in. great every time we bring Michael on here. We talk about the most dark, sinister shit to the point where those are the only episodes that are like investigated for some sort of like homeland security <laughs> issue. And Michael just happens to be a part of those three, so they think he's been a part of this whole thing forever. <laughs> like the, the episodes are like, talking about, like you know what, Lars Ulrich sucks. When Michael's on the show, like somebody's planning to murder Zach Wild, and we know. <laughs> What do you think, Michael? <laughs> just want to come here and talk about Peter Gabriel. I don't know about all this. <laughs> middle of the I night, just want to play sp- Genesis. Yeah. He's in the middle of the night playing his VR Iron Man fucking <laughs> Homeland Security showing up. They're fucking kicking the back door. Yeah, dude. That'd be horrible. Get on the ground. That'd be horrible. He'd be like, what? Are you familiar with this podcast, sir? They slip a piece. Well, I did a couple. Come with us. <laughs> on this day in music history... On this day in music history, January 18th, 1969, former Beatles drummer Pete Best wins a defamation suit against his former group. Uh, Best sued over remarks Ringo made in an interview implying that Best was kicked out of the band because of drug use. Oh, no. Wow. Fucking shocker. Man, fuck the Beatles. That is just... Fuck Pete Best for that shit too. Like, you really gonna take these yeah, guys to court because they're like successful as hell now? And <laughs> you know, it's crazy. He definitely used drugs. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And fuck the Beatles for even having to go out of their way to like give that as a reasoning. Just say personal differences like yeah, everybody else Because we kicked them out. Yeah, creative differences. It's all you have to fucking say. Pete Best was probably holding them back anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say like Ringo was like any fucking shining star in that band either, but... Well, it's because of his drug use. Oh, say no to drugs. <laughs> Hugs, not drugs. Say maybe to drugs. <laughs> 1973, the Rolling Stones perform a benefit concert for the victims of an earthquake in, in Nicaragua, where Mick Jagger's wife Bianca is from. The show raises $400,000. That's a lot of money in 1973. I was just going to do I do this for every movie, especially like in like legal movies where like, we won the plaintiff $10,000. Yeah. And like nowadays, you're like, well, that sucks. But in 1935, um, what year is that? 73. All right, hold on one second. I gotta do this. <laughs> so, what year? 73, 73. 40, 400,000? Yep. Okay, let's do this. It's probably, like, what, 1.2 now? Holy shit. So, $400,000 in 1973 would be equivalent to $2,334,141.02. What? Yeah. That buys, like, every village in Nicaragua. Basically buys the whole country. Wow. In 1973, absolutely. The Rolling Stones had that kind of power. That's amazing. It is. That, but this is, again, why when we talk about music, it's a lot more than just the music sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because you could have got a guy grandstanding up there like a politician. He wouldn't have raised a fucking fraction of that just saying, we'll promise to build your country exactly. back better, you know? For I don't a even dollar think a Red day. Cross wouldn't raise that much if they put their Shit. fucking commercials out there. For 25 cents a day... Yeah, <laughs> we'll help rebuild your fucking town after this earthquake. Forward. But wait, we have Mick Jagger. <laughs> Side of a ding, money. <laughs> 1974, Freeze Paul Rogers and Simon Kirk, Mott's the Hoople's Mick Ralphs, and King Crimson's Boss Burrell unite to form the band Bad Company. So, Super group. I love Bad Company. I like Bad Company. It's weird reading that all in one sentence because I didn't realize the formation of all that, especially with Boz Burrell. Yeah, actually, I wasn't aware of it either until um, now. Yeah, because when we talked about radio stations, 1029, they used to do that at Freedom Rock Fest, and Paul mm-hmm. Rogers essentially went up there, and he's another one, man. His voice, oh, to yeah. this day, is like spot the fuck on. He's man. good, man. He takes care of his Very shit. good. Very good. Yeah, I like Bad Company. Those first two albums are great. You can't deny. Very good. Till the day you die. <laughs> Last thing here in music news, uh, music history, 1991, three teenagers are killed at an ACDC concert at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City, Utah, when they are crushed in the crowd. The band learns of the tragedy a few songs later. They complete the show at the request of the fire marshal. What? <laughs> fire marshal, like, fuck it. I didn't hear back. They're already yet. dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Hey, uh, you Dude. guys, you guys can finish the show, but are, are, are you going to play? Uh, you can only finish the show if you play. The shoot best the thing about doing this is that we read these in real time. So we don't even know the outcome of the history <laughs> until the last <laughs> sentence. And as soon as you got to that line, it was kind of like, okay, ACDC people were killed. 99 fire marshal. <laughs> They're the reason they kept going. Listen, we can shut your shit down. Unless you, unless, uh, unless shoot the thrills on your set. That's unbelievable. 
All right, so hold on. Let's put this into perspective. Are you guys going to play a whole lot of Rosie tonight? Yeah. Oh, it's later on the set? Okay. Continue to play, please. We saw those three songs you were planning on doing for the encore. <laughs> we paid good money to be here, just like everybody else. Because, I, I mean, it says the band learns of the tragedy a few songs later, right? How far along into the set that were they? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a few songs later, because they were killed at the concert, you know, crushed in the crowd. So obviously music was already happening that the crowd was big as it was to Probably that within to the first twenty minutes of the set, I'd have to say. God, can you imagine having to continue to perform? They know of it while it's they're well, performing. Honestly, you know, I mean I was making a joke about it, but the fire marshal probably fucking told them to keep playing because of, you know, like what happened the in Montreal with fucking Metallica. Riot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what's little, out there in Utah, this but it's a little different though. I guess. I mean... James Effield could have died that night. Yeah. But, I mean, Axl Rose is just an asshole. Well, yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> well, you have to think, dude. Like, imagine if, like, some shit were to happen at, like, an Iron Maiden show. And you got 300,000 fucking fans freaking the fuck out because they're not playing because three people died. Yeah. It would be like a fucking... It would be like an apocalypse. That's... How is that not, like, forced labor, you know? Like, we need you to continue to puppeteer up there, so that way we don't have an issue out here. Put on you your happy fuck, face. Yeah, you better dance for us, boy. <laughs> you gonna dance for us up there. You better you better stay in that schoolboy outfit and dance along yeah, the stage, like, you hear me? God damn. I don't know. I need I, at least two more clock wheel spins on I the guess, floor. <laughs> you better do about 16 more leg kicks across that stage. <laughs> I expect it to be 6,000 steps on your uh, iPhone by the time you're done. Yeah, right. Off this stage. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Either way, I don't think that... I mean, ACDC is ACDC. 1991, three people died. I don't know. I don't know if I feel like that's okay for the sake of avoiding a larger catastrophe because then you're basically saying, fuck those three people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were crushed, right? Yeah. I mean, I believe the same thing happened in Russia in 91 with Metallica and Guns N' Roses. Yeah, but and then I think they stopped the show. Yeah, I mean, again, no, they didn't remember because they kept playing and it was behind the music. They found out that like that night. But exactly what like, you just said, they found oh out that God. night. They found out that night. They they know. I I just couldn't even perform at that point. No, fuck no. Like three people bought tickets to my show, showed up and died as a result, and I just basically said. Now, they might have been some real self-righteous fans, too, that were like, you know, if, if I die here, you keep on playing. Yeah, exactly. Honor, like, you know? <laughs> if I die here, my life is complete. They should make a sincere behind the music and have the stories about that. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't even know this. That's why it's, I find You know it what? I always skip past the fucking behind the music ACDC. I bet you it's in there. It's gotta be. Like, it's 91. Yeah. And Bon Scott era, like, always still intrigues me to a point where I could suffer through the rest of it just because it is that interesting of a band. Yeah. Well, I think we're missing the biggest point here, though. How the hell do you get crushed at an ACDC concert? I mean, you're not moshing at an ACDC concert, I don't think. I would think we should come up with a list of the most deaths at live shows by artist. That's a good idea. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. How many shows, like, because for instance, like if ACDC tops out like Rage or Pantera, not including Dime, obviously, because that wasn't even a Pantera show, but 
<laughs> Hell of a topic idea there. Yeah. Most a, deaths by It is a good band. idea, though. Yeah. Damage plans at the very bottom of the list with one. Yeah. I wonder if we can count the individual that killed himself because of that Judas Priest song. That wasn't at a show, was it? Are we going to do just live shows? Yeah. I th- How many, yeah, I think we should do you that. You know, I, th- I think it should be like concert fucking catastrophes. Would you say damage plan one? Yeah. Two. Oh, yeah, two. The fucking... Um, the guy who killed him. Yeah, Gale. Man, blown the fuck away. Just do one damage plan show. Two for one. Yeah. I just find this very interesting, though, as we're talking about, though, because you're getting crushed at an ACDC concert. I just, I've been in some volatile crowds before. For some I've never been very, Yeah, for, for some very... Well, it might have been like a front row deal, like they got crushed in the barricades. Like pushed up against? But three people? They I've could... been I've been to some shows where I was up front just because I went all out, especially like that Misfit show that I went to. I was yeah. against the barricades at the front. And yeah, you get pushed a little bit and that's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because you imagine if all those people were pushing... But three people? They could have been three in line. Think about it, dude. You got three people in line. You have all these people yeah, behind. That's... All right, because I have been to a couple shows. Where like, I've think of like the Walking so... Dead and shit. Like yeah. how like the like the hordes of walkers just fucking disintegrate the other ones because they're walking. Yeah, could be like the same deal. Like they're all in a trance trying to get up to the stage. Yeah, and luckily these three poor bastards that tried the stage dive, they just didn't make it. So as talking about ACDC, this makes me think of a. Uh... Uh, thought that I've had on my mind for a bit of time when we talk about especially bands that are how you would put extremely popular in their own right. So ACDC, for instance, is perfect to say because ACDC is that you like to use the term butt rock, you know, that just we're on the radio all the time. It's fitting. You're going to hear the same songs over and over by us. Um, and we see it now, especially in modern day with the radios. We also see it in modern day with what you see shared on social media with, if there is music videos that still play nowadays, you know, yeah. which there are moments you see the same songs that kind of get mass produced in your face. Um, hipster culture. <laughs> so we can talk about hipster culture. My for favorite group of people in the whole world. Various things, whether it be the beards and the IPAs to... I listen to the Smiths because I'm different. You Ray know, bands. Yeah. You know, Doc Martens all of a sudden now are the trendy thing due to the fact that they were so, like, anti. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I enjoy a good beer myself, but I've never had an IPA where I was like, you know what, this is fucking good. I've had a few, but I've also been offered a few where I had to look at the individual and say, listen, man. I can drink IPAs like the rest of you, but you're, you are can't tell me that this is good. The only reason you bought this is because all your friends are now buying the IPA that you've been drinking, so you had to find something you knew they exactly. probably weren't going to like, and, and this is the same thing with music. I guarantee you that individual drinks that stuff in public, but when they go home, they're drinking Yingling like anybody else. Yep. They're buying Coors Light and PBRs because that's just what they're accustomed to. It's easier to digest. Shit, they're probably even buying like the new sparkling seltzers they have nowadays. <laughs> but here's the thing. When we talk about with music, what made me think of this is because of The weekend. We listened, we talked uh, previous week about um, the year review. Weekend came out, a new album last year, and Blinding Lights. 
was yep. the song. It's been on commercials. I've heard it numerous times in bits, but I never actually listened to it. So I made an effort to not just listen to the song, but I'm going to go listen to his album. And I'm going to let that song come on in its place on the album and just yeah. hear how it sounds with everything else around it and see if it's as good as a song as I'm hearing on you know the bits and pieces of commercials I'm listening to. And I, I enjoyed it. And the first thought that came to my head was, I know a lot of people that listen to a lot of the similar music that I listen to and different friend groups. Like I have a friend that... All into '90s alternative. I have friends that are, you know, all into death metal. Friends that are mm. just into like '80s street punk. And I thought, could I ever even say to someone if they hadn't listened to this, like, "Yo, you gotta listen to this weekend song"? Because more times than not, the reaction is from the people that consider themselves elitist or refuse to listen to pop music is just, "No, I'm not gonna listen to it because yeah. of its popularity." And that whole hipster culture can ruin the idea of appreciating your own music. Because yep. sometimes I go out of my way to avoid saying I like something like that just for the simple fact that it's almost like I listen to. So not almost to say that it's like kind of tying into the guilty pleasure thing we had discussed in a previous week. Yeah. But I wanted to say your opinions as well on hipster culture, especially when dealing with music. Well, I feel like hipsters ruin everything. I'm just going to fucking throw it out there. I'm not a fan of hipsters. Never have been, never will be. I feel like they are the downside to every possible culture in the world. Like, I don't know how someone can just go in. All right, hold on. Like, here's like a thing. I don't know any bands in particular because I'm not a hipster, so I don't listen to that particular type of shit. But how are you going to sit there as a hipster and tell me that bands like fucking like Poison, Def Leppard, you know, fucking like 80s hair metal. How are you going to tell me that shit's not cool? But actually, you know what? That fucking movie, Sound of Metal. Okay. Right? They're in what they call a metal band. This is like some bitch playing a fucking a jazz master through like a bass amp like really like fucking percussively and just like noise and then she's screaming like ah! and this fucking dude's just beating the piss out of drums that in my opinion is the epitome of hipster culture yeah the fact that they're able to call that type of shit metal when they don't give bands like cannibal corpse or death or fucking lamb of god even like on a even lighter extent or fucking even Metallica. Like, Metallica's not cool. Metallica's not cool. But this fucking bitch screaming with a fucking jazz match, like, that's cool. I'm sorry. I got my own fucking brain. That was garbage. It is interesting, too, because with what hipster culture does, mm. now rubs off to the individuals that have already been liking something before it got tied into hipster culture. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to the Horror Times podcast. I'm going to give them some free advertising here. They don't even fucking know who we are, but I listen and I Shout like out it. Hard times. The thing about what they mentioned is Halloween three. I'll never say it's my favorite Halloween, but I am the first one to defend it. In the opportunity comes that we're talking Halloween or even just horror series in general and yeah. movies because Halloween three I thought was a good movie. I don't put it in perspective with the rest of the series we talk mm-hmm. about all the time. The anthology direction that he was yeah, headed. you can't. Now that movie is put on the pedestal that that's the movie everybody says they love just to be fucking different. Yep. So we have that. Recently, 
and this is, was a year or so ago, I have a pair of Doc Martens that I've had for quite some fucking time. It's just my boot of choice. It's just a they're not nearly as expensive as like Tim's. They last way longer. There's mm-hmm. a winter edition that I have specifically. I only wear boots in the winter when it fucking snows. Don't wear boots every goddamn day. Um, good for you. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing. Now that's become a thing of like popularity where apparently they're being sold in Milan and like these big art galleries yep. and all these types of places that, you know, more wealthy people are buying them. And that's fine and all, but then the first reaction is when you see someone wearing them, you you think there's that commonality that, oh, you're just trying to be cool and different where it's, you can't really separate the people that were originating to do so on their own terms from the pack to the people that are doing it for the popularity sense. Like, do we forget Eddie Vedder hanging from rafters at shows wearing Absolutely. And the entire punk movement in the 80s where that really established, I mean, you know, it was sadly a very much known attire for the skinhead culture as well. Mm. And the biggest thing is when you were talking about that, that documentary in terms of metal, one band particularly that I listened to on my personal time that I catch a lot of shit for because people think I listen to it just for the simple fact of being different is Burzum. Okay. Yeah. Vergens because it's just a very weird lo-fi ambient. I'm not going to lie. It's shitty depending on which album you're listening to. Yeah. But it's like, I can't explain why I like it. That's the hard part about it. And that's the thing. I won't put it on in front of people because A, I know they're not going to like it. B, I'm not going to recommend it because it's just not something that I can say like, oh yeah, this relates to Immortal. Like you're going to yeah. enjoy it because there's not as much talent musically behind it. It's more of like a soundtrack to just an emotion at this point. Yeah. And then that's the thing. There's a lot of music now these days where that's the first reaction. I'm not going to like this because... It's popular. I'm not going to like this because I don't want to just seem like I'm trying to be different. You know, so hipster culture is not just ruining a lot of things in general with music, but a lot of things in general. But music especially, it's made it very fucking difficult, especially with trying to relate, trying to understand. When we talked about t-shirts, the misfits is a big thing too. Yeah, like... I can't even begin to tell you the well. I mean, me and you have me and you have talked about this at length too about like the Pink Floyd toy tour, yeah, toy, the Pink Floyd tour tour shirts, yeah, <laughs> oh, God. and like the ACDC shirts and like mm-hmm. fucking you name it. And none of these fucking people ever listened to it. Yeah, I just came up with a thought though. Maybe the hipsters have come mainstream before we even knew about it, and they ganged up on one or two bands in particular. You following me here? Which ones? Creed and Nickelback. It's true. Maybe, maybe they're not as bad as but this is what led I'm, to be because the hipsters made us think that's what I'm good. waiting for. Though I'm waiting for it to come full circle. Circle. <laughs> we can't fucking talk to it. We're, we're like? learning how to speak here. On yeah. The we're, 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 yeah. This is what happens when school <laughs> is going to a virtual format. We forgot our fucking kindergarten education. This is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm waiting for. To come full circle, right? Yeah. Our generation, and slightly before us and slightly after us, has always been the anti-Nickelback, anti-Creed stance. Yeah. Eventually, I think as bigotry, you know, ideology between, you know, trans and gay people, all those things are watering down each era because people are starting to become more accepting. Mm -hmm. Different ideologies. Give it like 40 years, right? 
there's going to be that wave of hipsterism. I'm going to call it so. All much. the right reasons are going to hit the billboard charts. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, what's what, human clay? Yeah, dude. This is what I'm saying. Something's going to happen where it's going to give. Where there's going to be that one dude that's going to be like, I love Nickelback and make that fucking stance. Yeah. And somebody else is going to be like, Well, this guy's doing it. I feel okay. I can do it now too. <laughs> and he's going to listen to it. And it's just going to be a, a, a almost a disease in the sense of way it's going to spread. Spread. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome because again. I don't ever think I'm going to be a part of that wave. However, it would be interesting to see because really the way we see media, they can control the narrative. They'll tell you what's fucking cool. They'll tell you what's not fucking cool. And you're hatefully going to listen. Yeah. It's not going to be intentional. It's all subconsciously, but you're going to listen. That literally is what we were talking about with Michael last week. Basically. But it's in the same sense that it doesn't even take big companies it's the people now that follow that spread the information themselves through word of mouth you know it's funny because maybe i'm the ultimate hipster this is yeah it's becoming very paradoxical if you think about it yeah because i've been saying since the start of the show the nickelback isn't that bad and creed isn't that bad yeah i know you just brought the 40 year thing in 40 years maybe you're gonna be be that guy 69 whoa Whoa. That's some Illuminati <laughs> shit. <clears throat> nice. I I just, it's just funny because again, what also made me think about this aside from that podcast was I have a 16 year old nephew. Hmm. He's into anime. Like, I don't know what Death Note is, but apparently that's a big thing. With it's on anime. Netflix. That's all I know. Okay. So he's into like that stuff. And he's got decent taste with hip hop more so modern but we were out shopping for him and he wanted a nirvana shirt and he's like big in a nirvana and I'm, I'm like is he big in a nirvana or is he just like that's a band that has cool imagery so i'm gonna buy the t-shirt so he wanted shirts apparently with nirvana on them and my sister went to go pick out the simple nirvana yellow logo yeah smiley face x's on the eyes want to pick that. i was like no, we're not doing that they had this really cool in utero shirt like it was a black shirt, but it was charcoal gray. It was like you know, like weather worn. Oh, okay, like, yeah. It was decent for a hot topic shirt. It was decent, and it was an album cover of a decent album. So I picked that one out. This kid went out of his way. I'm hoping he still wears it, and I think he would because I mean he respects my music opinions, especially in a band like Nirvana because he knows I like Nirvana. Yeah. He went out and bought a hoodie with that that circle like smiley face on it and the Nirvana logo. And my first thing I thought to myself, like, please tell me this kid's not doing this because this is a brand he's seeing and he's trying to be different because of what his friends are wearing and nobody really knows of this and he likes this and his dad listened to Smells Like Teen Spirit one time and it's angsty (laughs) still. And I just think about, again, the generations of kids and individuals and what they're going to listen to in the next 20, 30 years. Yeah, I'm betting on a resurface of some of the shit that we did not like because of principle. Sugar Ray's gonna make a comeback. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Well, Fallout Boy was pretty fucking big. Yeah, but Fallout Boy caught a lot of shit. Yeah, because even in its emo right, they still didn't stand next to Brand New and like Taking Back Sunday, which were a little more acceptable to Hawthorne listen to. Heights. Yeah, Hawthorne Heights. Um, Fallout Boy fell into like the creed of the emo scene. Yeah, I think well. You know, not for nothing, that album from Under the Cork Tree was really fucking good. And it I, was. I, like, I still listen to it every now it and then. It was. But, like, if you put that up against, you know, uh, 
like make damn sure or fucking silence in black and white. Decade under the influence. Exactly. Yeah, like anything off of it can hold Deja up. Deja intendu. Well that also that also brings up into that thing that I had talked about before, like that whole um like that scene. I mean, we're getting way off topic now, but the whole scene of like Victory Records bands. Yes. Like they were the fucking uh, like they were the epicenter for all of this. I wonder if we're gonna see like a resurgence of all of that. Well, this is the thing where I talk about in the terms of Hipster culture, it's sad to say, as much as they want to be as different as possible to like something that nobody else does, to do something that nobody else has done, to wear something that nobody's really wearing, eventually it becomes a trend and then you run out of space for when it becomes different. And everybody's looking for that next thing to be different. Yep. You know, if we think about the way music genres have spawned since the late 90s, early 2000s, like... I wouldn't say that music was cookie cutter, but it had um, almost a predictable trajectory and where it was headed. Yes. You know, nowadays, some of the shit that comes out, it's like, especially when we talk about EDM, you know, and the, the genre bases that have totally branched out and then people use that opportunity like, I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to do this. And it goes out of their way to say, I'm going to like this now because nobody else is liking it. Yeah. But are you really fucking liking it? That's really what it boils down to. This is why when I have kids, I'm taking a firm stance. The second they're able to understand and interpret music, like actually as a human being and not like a little kid, they're going to be force-fed a steady diet of Metallica, uh, Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Alice in Chains, because I want them to have a leg up on the competition for when this shit starts happening so they can call out the kids for wearing like, like the I've dirt been shirt. listening to fucking Jar of Flies since I was nine. Exactly. Like, Bob. Like, I can guarantee you, like, at some point, there's going to be some kid rolling around with a fucking dirt or a facelift shirt because it's cool. My and big- I want my kid to be like, yeah? <laughs> well, what about fucking Sunshine, huh? I- you know, Man in the Box. Do you ever listen to Sunshine or it ain't like that, huh? You like those songs? What about my, Junkhead? I think that's What's my your biggest favorite song fear. Off dirt? Can you hum it? Bet you haven't even listened to Sap yet, boy. <laughs> my biggest fear is is my kid asking for a T-shirt from a band that he's never fucking listened to. Yep, I, I, like I never hit a kid, <laughs> but I mean, I think of a You'd lot of th- I think of a lot of things that I deal with with my nephews, right, and just things that really frustrate me. Yeah, and I kind of parallel that to the sense that at some point I'm going to be a father and I'm going to have to learn how to deal with these specific moments. But I know that my lifestyle differs from both my sisters to where that these kids are seeking something different. They're acting a certain way different. They have things that they enjoy different. And also what their parents influence them in also makes them grow up to liking things differently. Yep. I just know, like you said, for instance, my one sister, no no sports are on in the house. It's not really a music household. And those are two things that surround my lifestyle, music and sports. My other sister, it's just, you know, she's very busy a lot, you know, and I don't really know what goes on there so much. I mean, she'll listen to, like, Dave Matthews here and there and, like, John Mayer-type music, but yeah. nothing's really about music. Like, this kid's soundtrack is, like, Goofy Goober, um, Gary Come Home, like, the SpongeBob soundtrack, basically. <laughs> Those are his, that's what he knows of music. And, um, yeah, but I think that's an important thing to understand is that hipster culture really starts with social media. Yeah. Because... Most of these people know what they like and go out of their way to such fucking lengths to like something just to say that nobody else does. Yeah. Because you mentioned IPAs. I mean, I think that's the biggest example. 
I've had some fucking IPAs where people are like swearing by it. And I used to drink with these people all the time. And I'm like, I know you don't like that shit. Like, dude, I'll tell you right now. Fucking, I'm going to say this shit on the air so everyone can hear me. I've never had an IPA that I enjoyed ever. I've never had one that I was like, you know what? I, I could do this. I always took a sip of an IPA off somebody. And I was like, how the fuck do you drink this? And then I went and cracked my Miller Lite or Coors Light and then proceeded to go about my business. See, that's tragic because I'm thinking about when I was really drinking heavy on IPAs, it was all just more so for the fun and not going out of my way to find something to enjoy. Yeah. And I found a couple. But I think the price point alone is makes it not worth it. Oh, yeah. I think that's the biggest problem. But again... If you're paying $30 plus for... This is... That's what you know, I'm 30 saying. For a fucking brick. Especially... Not like, even in my ballpark. Yeah. When I was going out to bars and shit, you know... I would sit there intentfully and know that if you're ordering like Weyerbacher, if you're ordering Left Hand Brewing Company, Terrapin, like I know these beers, I enjoy these beers, but those are like the types of things where once in a while maybe. But if you're going to a bar to just be that guy to order a beer that's just so out of left field so you seem fucking interesting, that's where it gets, like you're at a bar, man. You got to be economically savvy here. Fucking pound your PBRs. They're going to get you just as drunk. Yep. Granted, the IPAs have a higher alcohol content, <laughs> but you're not enjoying it. You ordered that beer the same way you got dressed before you went out. You want people to fucking look at you and say, wow. I only did that one time. What? I, I had Who Garden. Well, Who Garden's not even really uh, like typical IPA in the sense of I'm going to spend like $15. On yeah, but pack. in a world full of uh, you know Miller Lights and light beer yeah. in general, like, you see someone drinking a Hoo Garden, it's like, oh wow. Oh yeah, that's, that, that's I. That's why I did that. That's shit. like the step up, right above like Blue Moon, because Blue Moon's still a commercialized beer. Yeah. When you see it all the time, but it's not your Yingling. It's not your Coors Light. Hoo Garden is, yeah. Hoo Garden's a little hipstery. It is. It is. I was like, I, I thought it was hot shit. Yeah, I used to drink that shit all the time. Yeah, that was my GF. I forgot about that beer. Yeah, I thought it was hot shit. Then I got the bill and I was like, man, fuck this. <laughs> I'll go back home and drink my High Life. Wow. The champagne of beers. So <laughs> that's a good one too, though. Yeah, I, I like Miller High Life. Yeah, that's a that's a solid that's a solid purchase. So what I want to say is to kind of like boil this all down. Yeah, for hipster culture, right? So let's get a general consensus in the idea. What's something you can enjoy? And it's almost like I said, this kind of ties in the sense of like a guilty pleasure thing. But like, what's something if you've ever said you enjoyed? Like, like let's oh, actually perfect truth tree moment. Okay, welcome there back had, to the truth tree. There had to have been a time <laughs> where you liked something, said you liked something because it was popular, uh-huh. or because you were supposed to like it, right? Like, have you ever gone out of your way to say you liked the band when you really didn't fucking yes. like it? Okay, so perfect. So we'll come up with that. And what's another band? That you won't really tell people you enjoy just because of the fact of how popular it is. Okay, well, well, since the podcast and shit started, Irene, like, I'm kind of like an open book with the shit now. Yeah. But I think back in the day, I'm going to have to go back to, like, high school here. I remember having to say that I liked Nirvana. Okay. Like, I, I had to say it. People inside that French group. We're very much into Nirvana, and I couldn't be the fucking one, you know, to say you that I didn't like it, it because yeah. it would have been put on every fucking radio that we were around, and it would have just been completely fucking beaten to the ground. And like you didn't want to be was. that guy to be the reason why it's not being put on. 
Well, no, no, no. That's the thing, though. If I would have said that I didn't like it, that's all would have been put on because we're like, well, you got to hear this. Oh, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Oh, I get it. This will okay, change your now, mind. Yeah, yeah. I promise you, if the last yeah. 50 songs didn't change your mind, this one will. Listen I know to you this listen demo to their version. entire discography, but let me play you the covers of the songs so you can kind of hear them like they're real life. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this live version yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Territorial Pissings. <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this live version of Negative Creep. Listen to this, you know, rough cut version of it. And it's just like, yeah. So Nirvana was one of those bands that I had to say that I liked because I, because, you know, everyone else did. Um, a Bands that I had to hide. Well, actually, that was up until recently. I had to hide that I liked Van Halen. I really did. Like, I remember, like, in high school and shit, like, I said I loved Van Halen. And I got fucking made fun of relentlessly for it. So I just stopped saying it. Yeah. Like when I was starting out in bands and stuff and everyone would be like, you know, so what's your influence? What do you listen to? I'm like, well, you know, only the greatest fucking guitar music ever. Van Halen. <laughs> My parents listen to Van Halen. Van Halen's garbage. All he does is play solos. And it's just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to stop saying that. Um, My biggest influence is... I, uh, children of Bodom, and then everybody like, "Well, who's Children of Bodom?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I think that's funny with the Van Halen thing because that's one of those ones where it was. I mean, Van Halen's been butt rock to me for quite some time because of how often I heard it on the radio. Yeah. Where that was a very tough band for me to like accept as being anything more than just. Okay, Eddie Van Halen, he's great at guitar and it's on the radio all the time. Yeah. That's one of those bands that I think I need like a real in-depth documentary just to find that sincere Dude. appreciation for them. Cuz that's usually what changes bands like that for me a lot is when I see them live um with like real extensive background. Mm-hmm. Reading a book is one thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But being able to get found footage and seeing how these guys were interacting and actually get the visual concept yeah. of it, that makes a huge huge difference for me in a lot of cases. I'm going to say that there's something particularly that I acted like quite a long time. And I actually said that this was my favorite album by this band. And I really don't fucking like it that much. Um, The Velvet Underground, right? Oh, God, yeah. So the first album, I, I still to this day enjoy. But for a very long time, because that was like not hipstery enough, yeah. went out of my way to say that I liked the second album a lot which is White Light, White Heat. Mm. There's a certain individual that we had a mutual bond with um, who used to rave about this album, and I found it necessary to also rave about said album to say that it was that fucking good, to just make it seem like it's different than the self-title, yeah. it's cooler, and I'm telling you to this day, man, I, I can't listen to it. It's just not that good. It's not anywhere close. <laughs> and I've raved about it on multiple occasions. I've done this with so many albums, but this one in particular is just the one that I have to say eventually, like just I have to put in perspective that I'll never go out of my way to listen to this yeah. album ever again. Nail in the coffin. The one band specifically that I kind of, because of the popularity sense, really turned me off by them, but I actually enjoy and especially a specific album, was As I Lay Dying. Okay. So As I Lay Dying, when I got over and moved schools, Mm. I fucking hated the idea of that metalcore scene. I just, it was very goofy and just, like, I don't know. It just wasn't my brand of tea when it came to metal. Yeah. I guess you could say. 
Um, but as I lay dying, I, that was always the band that got fucking brought up in conversation. And out of purpose refusal, I would say that I'm not going to listen to this band for the simple fact of the same way you mentioned a band like Nirvana. It's just yeah. jammed down my throat. Um, it is just one of those bands that because of the popularity that surrounded it, my immediate thought was I can't like this just because it's like everyone likes it. Yeah. Who would I be to say that I have these really cool, exquisite tastes if I like As I Lay Dying? But again, as we get older, and you said it specifically, that we can kind of be more honest about these things because, mm-hmm. again, it comes to a point where I just like what I like. Yeah. You know, I could recommend you a lot of different things that you would never hear on the fucking radio, and I could recommend you a lot of things that you've probably heard a thousand times on the radio. Yeah. I think that's the important thing in that whole saying with the hipster culture is that you don't need to go out of your way to be fucking different. Nope. That shit ruins... Everything. Everything from music to alcohol. Yeah. Very tragic. And everything in between. Very tragic. Yeah. So you heard it here. Are you a hipster? Are you going to turn us into hipster culture? Are you going to turn all of your friends onto, onto this podcast? Will Nickelback and Creed make a comeback? <laughs> These are the questions we want answers to. You can find us on our social medias. Facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast. And if you want to write up some long thesis on how we're assholes, you can get us on R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com. But until then, let's get into our suggestions for this week. My suggestion for this week, actually, you know, falling down the YouTube rabbit hole, as I do, um... Six Six Samus. You ever see his drum videos on YouTube? Wow. You mentioned this before, though. Dude, he looks like you did in high school with the fucking hair and shit. That's like, kind of uh, that's that's a stereotype, Bill. <laughs> All right. Well, he looks like you if you play drums. Okay. And we're and we're like fucking super ridiculous. So shout out to Six Six Samus. Go check him out on YouTube. Anyways, he did this video of reacting to a drummer from the band Benighted. Because Samus did a cover of Enter Sandman, a drum cover, playing the drums with dildos. Okay. I'm pretty sure you saw that I video. don't think I've seen that. Well, and you're gonna have instead to of using drumsticks, you used dildos. I think you talked about this, but you never actually showed yeah. it to me. Because I think this was a moment before we actually started doing something. <laughs> and we came in and totally forgot to watch that. But now I kind of have to see that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the drummer, uh, you know, talked about his distaste for that video or whatever. And he, Samus did a reaction video to, you know, one of his band's drum playthroughs or whatever. And I instantly got turned on to him. Um, the band's called Be Nighted. Um, the song I'm going to recommend is Nails. And it's off their uh, April 20th, 2020 release, Obscene Repressed. Um, they are, I mean, they're on that, that fine line between deathcore and death metal. Uh, technical death metal, tech death, if you will, not tech decks like we used to play with, but you know, tech death slash core, I think would probably be like the correct terminology or the correct genre definition for them. But yeah, so check that out. Benighted nails off of obscene repressed and, you know, special shout out to six, six Samus. Maybe one day we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be dope. Dude. He's a cool guy. He's very, uh, well, at least from the videos that I see, he's a cool guy, and he's you know got extensive knowledge in like metal and all of its subgenres. So it would be kind of cool if you're listening to a Samus, hit us up. That would be dope. What do you I'm got all about that? So because we mentioned Alexi's death, 
Um, I figured I would go and be a total hipster in this regard and <laughs> mention something from one of his side projects. He did with um, Kimberly Goss, who he was married to from like 2002, and then they you know separated shortly after. But him and Kimberly at the time were married. They formed a band called Synergy. Synergy. Yeah. In 2002, they released an album called Suicide By My Side. This album in particular, just because of the first time that I heard it, this is what I talk about when I hear his guitar work and how much it just resonated with me that this was just something so fucking cool because it wasn't like Dragon Force where they're going so over the top to be good, to show off how good they are. It's just his riff writing ability was so great because it made sense. His technique. It was so good, but it wasn't over the top by any stretch. It was, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, it's like very compact, but the album, again, it's Suicide By My Side. I'm just going to recommend the title, well, the opening track, I Spit On Your Grave, because that fucking song is just brilliant guitar work. Yeah. Brilliant. Did you know, speaking of his guitar work, I watched a rig rundown last night because I felt, On him? Yeah. Oh, yeah? And did you know he plays with like almost no gain on his amp? Really? Or played? He How's that play even possible? Anymore. Um well, let's see. <laughs> fucked up. We're play shit anymore. He doesn't play anything anymore. He, he's fucking taking a dirt nap right now. No, but um, <laughs> or we could be one of those like holier than people. Maybe he's making a band with Dimebag up. In yeah, exactly. Heaven. Yeah, I hate that shit. It's yeah, so stupid it's so, to say it's that. So bad. But um, yeah, it was a video. It was a rig rundown, and um. He's like, he's like, yeah, I use no gain on my amps, and I'm like, what? How's and that even possible? Is it just all he's the- got an active gain boost on his guitar, right? It's it's like almost like a preamp, but it doesn't boost the signal that much. But like when you hear like his guitar like isolated like by itself, like it's like it, you can hear that it's not like overly distorted and gainy. I don't know. I I, I guess what I'm trying to think about now, how long has he been doing that? His whole career. Yeah, like, actually, you know, a prime example, and all the listeners here, will be to go on YouTube and check out uh, Alexi Lajeo, uh plays Vivaldi, like okay. the composer. Yeah. Dude, you'll hear it. And y- you can hear, like, how he plays along to this song, and you can hear his guitar tone, and it's like, there's, like, no gain. It's very weird. Yeah, it's almost like he's playing on, like, a, like a clean setting with, like, a tiny bit of a boost. Weird. Yeah, it's, re- it's really crazy. Like, you think about it, like, you think of the Children of Bodom songs. That's what I'm trying to think about, is how much distortion was really in those songs, now that I'm thinking about it. Because you're the thing, dude. leads are really fucking clean. Yes. Think about it in, like, the Black Sabbath type way. The harder you hit and the more percussive you are with the instrument, the louder and darker it's going to sound. Yeah. Now, imagine you have two guitars that are doing that exact same thing, along with a bass player and a keyboardist. It's going to sound fucking huge. Yeah. And that was one of the like the little technique yeah, things I learned with recording that, too. Yeah. If you record at lower gain, it's easier to manage, and you can do shit in EQs and stuff afterwards. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that's an audio engineer listening to the podcast, but it's at least what I was told. I'm gonna have to. That that's really interesting now that you think about it, because I'm as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about their songs. I'm like trying yeah. to play like Silent Night, Bodom Night in my head. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really sound too. Think of all like the times. Think of all like the points in those songs where he does like the passes with the keyboard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like they almost like match up entirely because yeah. there's like no gain. Interesting. It's strange. Like, dude, when I saw the rig rundown and I saw like the gain knob was at like, you know, you have like 
seven o'clock and then, you know, max volume or max, you know, sweep would be like five o'clock. Yeah. If it was at seven, if seven was zero, it was like eight. Really? Maybe. It was a hair. Yeah, it was like nothing. Wow. And he's playing Marshalls. So, I mean, they, they got some gain to him. Interesting. But yeah. That's Little good, things you pick up. I on. like that. It's a good fact to know. Dude, I'm telling you, th- this is why I spend so much time on YouTube. Yeah. You know, Nicole fucking hates it. My wife hates how much time I spend on YouTube. But I also learn a lot of things. You learn never a lot of shit there, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. Very impressive. But <laughs> if you want to fall down the YouTube rabbit hole, all of our episodes are available on YouTube. Search Rage Against Mainstream Podcast. Our group recommendation of the week is to check out the 1998 film, SLC Punk. Nice. Standing for Salt Lake City. Um, Directed by James Maradino, starring Matthew Lillard, best known probably for his role in Scream, I would say. No, he was Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. Fucking A, right, you're right. Yeah, man. Yeah, goddamn. Oh, Scoob. I don't know, Scream is the first movie that comes up to mind every time I think of him. I'm also trying to think of what else he was in. Without a paddle. Yeah. Yeah, he was in all those like goofy ninety movies. Yeah, that, like sub B. He's that quintessential almost. goofy nineties yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely check out SLC Punk. It's an absolute staple in uh, American cinema, especially relevant to music. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't fucking know why I didn't bring this up when we did soundtracks because SLC Punk has one of the best <laughs> soundtracks of any movie, especially involving like the punk genre. Well, I mean, if we're doing movie soundtracks, it's another movie episode. We get we have a sequel. We should probably do that. Yeah. This made me think. Coming soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> but I guess that kind of concludes it for this week. This has been another episode of Rage Against Mainstream Podcast for the books. If you like, you can reach us on our Facebook, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, our Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast. And as always, our email is open, ready for submissions questions comments you want to write us a love letter you want to be pen pals we'll write you back ratmpodcast at gmail.com and as always our website is available at ratmpodcast.wixsite.com slash ratmpodcast and don't forget to get on that dude's youtube page and post that uh promo code oh yeah redskins 91 ratm podcast promo code <laughs> but that's another episode of Regents of Mainstream Podcast in the books. As always, I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.